for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Wow. Father, we pray you'd really help us this morning, um, not only the guys speaking, but us to listen. Amen. Sue, would you like to come and stand by me? She doesn't know what's going to happen now. I like surprising my wife, as any good husband should do. Don't look inside that bag, just hold it, please. Okay. Good morning, church. Um, can you turn to the person on your right and ask them, do you like change? Yes or no answer? Do you like change? No, I don't. I do. Okay. Okay. My wife asked me, do I like change? And I said, no, I don't. And she said, yes, I do. So, well, for most of us, change is not something we naturally embrace. I like to think I can do change, but one thing I have refused to budge on is to change my dual-purpose pyjama bottoms. My wife is going to display them now in this bag. She didn't know she was going to do this. In the, in the 1990s, I wore these as a tyre outside, walking around at Norwich city centre. They were really cool. I wore sandals with them, no socks. But I remember Dave Fellingham wearing a pair like that, and I thought, I've got to have a pair like that. So now, I wouldn't walk with him. <laughs> she's giving up telling me to change them. They're 20 years old, but I like them. I can only wear them now at night when I'm aware at a conference, away from Sue... But they're comfortable. There's years in them yet. They are, honestly. But today, here and now, I'm going to sacrifice these babies that I've held on to for years in order to demonstrate that embracing change is possible. Even No, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you cut those up. You've no idea what this means to her. She, she, she's bought me two sets of pyjamas and I won't wear them. But now, look at her. I can clean my racing bike with that foot. Um, you've en- enjoyed it now. Sit down, please, darling. <laughs> Before you- okay. Now, um, this is nothing to do with what I've just said, but as we get larger, we have to change. <laughs> I'm joking that somewhere. Um, In church at Gateway, we're having to change our IT systems, church suite, new sign-ups to groups. We're all learning new skills. And uh, it's it's new methods of communication because we've grown. Learning and forgetting people's names. Nigerians, please be patient with me. You've changed your surnames and I can't work that out. But you've just got to help one another. But we need God's help daily. In Acts, as the early church grew from 12 people to 100, 200, 300, there's one phrase that jumps out in, in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 33, that Luke recorded. It says of the church growing church, it says, Great grace was upon them. Great grace was upon them. And church, we're going to need great grace upon us, yes? Because we are growing. And if we don't embrace change, we don't grow as people. Neither will the church. We've been coming along a long way since the 20 of us gathered at the River, River Room at the Stuhr Centre 17 years ago. Following Jesus as his kingdom expands, it necessitates 
necessitates to learn to embrace change. For each one of us, God really is doing a new thing amongst us. And we are excited by what the future holds. Isaiah prophesied long ago, he said this, and echoed through the centuries, enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen the cords and strengthen your stakes. The Holy Spirit has positioned us for growth with now the Riverside Centre where we can go to two separate congregations. The prophet Isaiah then went on to declare, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. God said to them they needed to plan and be ready for the growth that was coming. But what kind of growth? Good question. It's more than simply having a bigger church. That's not what this is about. What's going to happen? We're going to grow bigger people. And the kingdom will expand from amongst us. In the Old Testament, David, young David, as he emerged, David's army, it began to grow. And in 1 Chronicles 12.32, it says this, From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. And in one way, we're all leaders. And the chronicler writes this, All these men understood the times and knew the best course of action for Israel to take. I'm asking you this morning, do you really understand the signs of the times that we are living in? You see, this nation needs revival. It needs the gospel of the kingdom. More children now are born outside of marriage than within it. In 2017, 207,000 abortions took place in this country, up from 202,000 in 2016. Marriage, marriage rates for the opposite sex couples are now at their lowest level since records began. There are 1.2 million chronically lonely older people in our country. As Jesus started his public ministry, the gospel writer Matthew links an Old Testament prophecy to the huge moment in history. And for us today, it's a huge moment. He wrote in Matthew 4, verse 16, The people living in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And it says in verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to just read about the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And there'll be some doubting today. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, the Great Commission, that's what it's called, it's a Great Commission, it's not being rescinded, is not just one item 
on a spiritual buffet in our church life? Or one of the many options for church goers who feel personally inclined to be involved in mission. It's our commission from heaven to go. It's ours. Some of you will remember Jean Darnell, if you were at the Festival of Light many years ago in Trafalgar Square. She was a much-loved and recognised prophet who died last week at the age of 96. Now, while she was serving in England, she was given a picture by God which showed revival fires coming all across the country. Fires breaking out across the nation. And she saw two distinct moves of God. The first that there would be a renewal of faith in Christ and the fullness of the Spirit impacting the church. Now, last autumn in the UK, 5,000 churches launched Alpha Course. Around 1.2 million people have now taken an Alpha Course in the UK and further 23 million people worldwide. I think we're in revival already because the fires are lit be awful if you didn't realise that we're revival because you've not seen the times. The second thing she saw was a national awakening and a world vision. This move of God, she saw, would be a national spiritual awakening which would move into every level of the nation's life on the campuses, the universities, colleges, schools, into the media and into the government. There will be so many conversions that it would actually change the character of the nation of Great Britain and determine the future move of God into Europe. Jean continued that there would not be a part of the nation's life that will not feel the impact of a spiritual awakening when God releases it to the country. Now as a leadership, we believe that we are in a season of preparation, of enlarging our tent and strengthening our stakes, Because Jesus said, I will build my church and we are called to partner with him in advancing the kingdom. We firmly believe that the season ahead is one of preparation and readiness to facilitate the growth that he is bringing to us. And we want to be good to grow. Breaking out to the right and to the left. We are planning to run the next Alpha course after Easter. Please be thinking now of those who are receptive to you as an individual because that will be an indication that they might be willing, Jesus inferred, he receives you, receives me, that might be willing to attend an Alpha course. On that course, we are convinced, and I believe I'm speaking prophetically here, there will be people saved and filled with the Spirit and lives transformed. In 1916, the China, China Inland Missioner to the Lisu people, J.O. Fraser, recorded these notes to his prayer supporters. Months before revival broke out there in, 19, in 1916, he said this, I am now setting my face like a flint. If the work seems to fail, then pray. If services and the like fall flat, then pray still more. If months slip by, with little or no result, then pray still more and get others to help you. We are looking to strengthen in our areas of spiritual life in the church with a particular focus on prayer over the next two months. And we hope it continues and we are sure it will be. And also moving more in the gifts of the Spirit. 
This was also now recorded in his diary on March the 20th of the same year before it broke out. The aim of satanic power is to cut off communication with God. To accomplish this aim, he deludes the soul with a sense of defeat, covers him with a thick cloud of darkness, depresses and oppresses the spirit, which in turn hinders prayer and leads to unbelief, thus destroying all power. And I know if I was to give you a call to stand up now, we'd have a call to the church stand up saying, I've been through that. I was privileged this last week to be in a room of 30 leaders from across the UK that gathered to honestly share how we were doing within New Frontiers. One leader after another said that the Holy Spirit was calling them to a longer and a more sustained daily life in his presence. It's got to start. Gateway. We are moving from being a church that prays to a praying church. Christian. You have been given the greatest weapon by the Holy Spirit. It's called prayer. This new season is now a time to learn to use it. Good morning. I've got... I'm not sacrificing my house trousers, I'm telling you now. I don't mind change, but my wife made them for me, so I can't. (laughs) So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about community groups and what our plans are for the next season. Um, Does everyone remember what our vision is as a church? Hopefully it's going to come up on the, the screen behind us, if you don't. Our vision is to grow a family of believers who are passionate about loving God and his presence, that are secure in their identity as his sons and daughters, and filled with the Holy Spirit, each one partnering with Jesus daily in extending his kingdom. That's great, isn't it? I think that's awesome. I don't know if you you remember, a little while ago, um, in community groups, we did a series on up, in and out. You might remember that. And actually, we're thinking about it, and it actually neatly sums up our vision as a church. We love God, that's the up. We love people, we're a community of believers, that's the in. And we love the world, that's the out. We want to extend God's kingdom. This is great vision, but vision's only any good to us as a church, actually, if if it impacts every part of our life as a church. It needs to flow through every aspect of our life together. The rubber really needs to hit the road in order for it to propel us forward. So we want all that we do at Gateway to to reflect this up, in and out. We want to be known as a family of believers, focused on God, marked by love for one another, and also to be outward looking. Jesus gave us that great commission that, that Graham talked about, to go out into the world and make disciples. So this absolutely should include our community groups. We have amazing community groups at this church. We've got 10 of them currently. Um, We run one, and and I love it. It's an actual, it's just a real oasis for me in the week. I just find it, it's just an amazing time to meet with just a great bunch of people. Um, We spend a lot of time worshipping. We spend quite a bit of time praying. And we eat a lot of cake and biscuits. What's not to like about that? 
we also have a, a WhatsApp group so that we can just keep each other up to date with uh, prayer requests and how we're doing and just be able to support each other. And, and that's just been fantastic. I think these groups are one of the key ways that we're going to share our lives together as a church. This is where we grow together as believers, where we share one another's burdens in prayer. It's been great to hear testimonies. There were some just before Christmas, actually, of just, um, just the way that community groups were supporting people within their groups who are going through rough times. And just the testimonies that came out from that was, was lovely to hear. I think our groups have been excellent in building us as a family and helping us to grow in our love for God. But the truth is actually that only about half of our regular attenders currently attend community groups. You might ask why that is. I think there are probably two main reasons. The one is that actually asking someone to be a community group leader is sometimes seen as a bit of a big ask. People think it's a big step, it's a big commitment. It's going to take up half their life. That's not actually true, but... I, th- I think that means that actually we don't have quite as many community groups as we might have otherwise. But also just that not everyone feels comfortable attending the sorts of meetings that we run as, as community groups. That's also true for those who are outside the church. Actually, it's, it's a bit of a dis- difficult ask to ask someone who, who's not aware of, of what we're like, how, how we meet, to, to come along and, and meeting that sit- setting. It's not necessarily comfortable for them. So we want to address some of those issues and make sure our group structure is working for us as we grow. So groups are going to continue to be part of us as we move forward. We want to make sure that these groups are accessible as possible so that people can connect to us as a family of believers. So that includes people on the periphery of the church, also includes people currently outside the church who we want to reach out to. So from May... Mark that month in your diary. We're intending to start a new approach to group life at church. This is going to enable us to do this up, in and out that we've been talking about more effectively. We're going to take the best parts of our community group currently and we're just going to add in a few new ideas. Under our new model, we're going to run groups on a termly basis. So you'll sign up for a group for a 10 to 12 week block. So so basically they'll be in line with the school term. The plan is that some of these groups, not all, but some of these groups will have an activity or a project theme to them. So that's going to provide opportunities for us to build relationships, witness, and importantly, you know, have an opportunity for mission. So possible examples of types of group that we could run through this. Hopefully there'll be some coming up here. I mean, it's only limited by our imagination, really, but you could have sports groups, so we could have running, badminton, cycling, climbing even. Where's Mark Bloodworth? I'm <laughs> sure he's sick of climbing. Um, coffee and cake, there's that cake theme again. Uh, book groups, potential. Um, social action groups, so we could have some gardening teams or decorating. That would be great. I think we've done some of that in the past, but you know, if there are people in the community who, who aren't able to go and uh, attend their own garden, then perhaps we could have people who go out and, and do that for a season. Um, you know, Craft groups, art, painting, photography. And we could also run some of our men's and ministry uh, teams through these groups as well. So some of those groups might run for just one term, some might be two, some might be three, some might, might become a permanent feature. 
But the important thing for it, uh, for us, is that actually for the leaders as well as the attendees, that's only going to be a one-term sign-up. Okay, so you're not committing yourself for the rest of your life. You can change groups every time, every term, if you like. It's not that's not compulsory. But the, the focus of these types of groups are really going to be about connecting people in our church family and actively looking for opportunities to invite friends. The leaders are going to be trained, they're going to offer some training, and they're going to be actively praying and building a core of uh, church members within those groups who will be praying for the group, looking for opportunities to reach out to the rest of the group um, and just share and embody our culture as a church. But that is just one of the types of group that we're going to run. There are actually going to be three types of group that we're running. So those groups, those activity-based groups, are going to be called missional groups. We're going to have a second type of group called life groups. The tagline for those is supporting people in their journey of faith, helping them to be kingdom bringers where God has placed them. I think that's great. It's a really good title. Um, Essentially, those are going to be similar in look and feel to our current community groups. Um, although there'll be, there will definitely be more of an outreach focus to them as well. Those two will be a, uh, run on a 10 to 12 week block basis, so you'll sign up. But just to reassure you, if you're in a life group and you love your life group um, and you, you just think, uh, you know, I, I just want to stay in that group, a lot of the groups are going to continue. So we're going to have probably a similar number of commu- um, life groups as there are currently community groups. And you can just. If you want to, just sign up for that group, term after term. Our group's going to continue, um, and and that's the plan. So if people want to stay with us, then then that's great too. But it does does give us the opportunity also for flexibility and to also give leaders a rest. So if they want to take a step back for a term, then that's great. Um, The third type of group we're going to run are equip groups. So uh, these would just be an opportunity for us as a church to use that 10 to 12 week block to run other courses. So they might be leadership courses, freedom in Christ, parenting courses, marriage courses, that kind of thing. So, so we can use that. So, and it should free up our church calendar a bit. So actually, if you've signed up to do freedom in Christ, then actually that'll be your group for the term. You don't need to necessarily sign up for anything else unless you, unless you really want to. So hopefully it should give us a little bit more time. I'm, I'm genuinely excited about this move to new groups. Deb, Deb and I have been and are going to be involved in, in setting this up. And just the more we think about it, the more ideas just come to the surface. And we think, oh, yeah, we could do this, we could do that, and we could run this through. It's, it, it's, it is genuinely exciting, and it's flexible, and it's scalable. And we can, as we grow, it's going to be fantastic. But the great thing is that we, you know, we've got people who do this stuff already in church. So it's not, it's not kind of news to anyone. You know, we've, got, we've got a fantastic chronic pain group led by Jen. We've got a running group. We've got an art and textiles group. So they're just a, a few examples. But we've got people who are looking to draw people in already and are willing to say, I'll set that up. And, and actually, that's brilliant. And we're just going to be, be looking for, for more people to, to do that. So there are loads of advantages for us. Um, really, it's, it's going to make up, in and out, our vision, part of our community group life. It's going to make mission a real priority, and that, that's what Graham was alluding to earlier. We need to make sure that we're looking out. We've got a great commission. 
it's going to give us a load of flexibility so uh, people can join groups more easily. We can flex things so you can have things during the day. Um, we could have things running every other week. doesn't necessarily have to be weekly. Um, and it's going to help us raise up new leaders because actually, actually asking someone to lead a group for uh, 12 weeks is not as big an ask as saying, will you run this community group? You're probably going to be in it for at least five years, which is sometimes how it feels. So it's going to give us a load of flexibility, and it's going to streamline some of the church ministries uh, through the group system. So uh, we're going to start the groups, as I said, in May. We'll be gearing up for this with a teaching series in March, so watch out for that. And I just encourage you, in the meantime, just start thinking. Just let your imagination go. Come up with ideas. We'd love to hear ideas of groups that we could possibly run through this. And I hope that as you do that, it will stir up excitement in you, um, as it has done in us. But do if you've got any questions about it, please come and speak to us. You know, Deb and I are more than willing to take questions. The other elders would be more than willing to take questions. So thank you. We're halfway there. I was going to sing Living on a Prayer at you, but... I'm going to take this off because Pete's taller than I am. <laughs> a lot taller. Um, cool. So um, I, I've obviously banged on about this before because I, I, I got tasked with talking about the, you know, when we did the sign up for the two meetings. But we're going to just talk about two meetings again because obviously this is a big Sunday for us today. And, you know, the reason we're doing this today is because we're going to two meetings from next week. And so we don't have this opportunity again as a community to talk about vision in this way all in one room. Um, and so our two meetings are... Um, going to kind of provide a new opportunity. So, you know, this is really important today that we go through this stuff and it's really to outline where we're going as a church over the next year. So you know, as a member of this church, what we want to do as a leadership team, where we're going, what we feel God's calling us to do. Um, and the, the second meeting is a huge part of this. Um, over the last 12 months, we've continued to grow. So our growth kind of is doing that gradually. Um, we're kind of averaging at about 7% if you really want to get into detail. Um, but Start of uh, 20, um, 20, sort of 17 to roughly around November 2018, we, were, uh, we moved from 240 to 265. We've gone up again over the last couple of months. Um, and we're expecting that trend to continue throughout the year because, you know, God's doing a work about our church. And Peter declared, my, my dad's already alluded to this already, when Peter declared uh, to Jesus that he was the Messiah in Matthew 16, um, Jesus says, he renames him, doesn't he? He calls him Peter and he says, on this rock I will build my church. And um, it's really important to note because we talk about we want to see the church grow, but it's a work that Jesus does in our church. It's not actually anything that we do, especially. We, we don't think that by just by starting a second meeting, automatically the church is going to grow. We're doing it in response to what we feel Jesus is already doing in our church. So we feel that actually God is growing our church. We look at the numbers, we look at the evidence, and we say God's doing something. Um, and therefore, we need to respond and be reactive to that um, in terms of moving forward. Um, you see, the ministries we provide, the quality of the worship or of preaching of children's work, are all in of themselves. They're important in seeing uh, people added to us. Um, but they don't build the church. You see, only Jesus builds his church. Church growth is a work of his spirit, partnering with his people. Um, as uh, we've had alluded to already, that the Great Commission, it's a co-mission yeah, it's, it's a co-mission. You partner with Jesus. You co, you co with him. You, you're part of the company of believers and you commission with him um, in delivering it. We partner with Jesus. Um, healthy things grow. I don't know if you know that. Healthy things grow. So uh, we're terrible at looking after plants at home. We have lots of dead plants on the windowsill because we forget to water them. 
If we watered them, they would grow. Um, and part of, uh, part of what I would say to you is, is if you come to this church and it's growing, it's a good indicator that something, there's something healthy about it. Um, I'm not saying it's the only indicator, but what I would say is if a church isn't growing, you might want to question why that is, if that makes sense. Um, if a plant is watered, tended for, and given what it needs, it grows. And it's the same with churches. They grow when the life of Christ is working through them, both numerically and spiritually. There is growth in the church. And that's why you know, we're focusing on prayer this year as well, because we, we we're not just about numbers. We want to grow spiritually. We want to grow uh, in terms of our walk with Jesus. We want you to grow in your walk with Jesus as members of the church. Jesus is about a work in your life. Do you believe that? I know, Jenny, you believe that, don't you? Amen. See, I knew I was going to get a yes from you. Do you believe, you see, Jesus is about a work in your life, and he's about a work in our lives to, together as a church. He is working in our community. So imagine for a second a church in Ashford that is filled with people from every single area of life in Ashford. Imagine that we had a stake in every single school, in every single business, in the hospital, in the council, in homes, in healthcare. Imagine if there was a member of our church everywhere. As we grow, we should expect to see God giving us more influence in our town and confidence to share the gospel and hope with those that we spend time with. You see, the thing is, actually, we're about a commission. We've been commissioned with something, with Jesus, to go out and tell people the good news, that the kingdom of God has come, and that they don't need to live in sin anymore, but they can live in the freedom that he's given them. And um, we can do that together as we partner together. Um, We pray your kingdom come, and we want to see God's rule and reign come over Ashford. And as this happens, the church will continue to grow. Uh, So... Starting a second meeting at the Riverside means we are going to have space here again at the North School. And this is really important because we talk about the Riverside and obviously because that's the big kind of change thing. We're starting this big meeting. But the majority of us are staying here and you need to recognise that, you know, if you're staying here, that God, you know, we're doing this because we believe we want to keep growing this here. This is just as important as what's going on at the Riverside because we want to see this meeting grow. And there's this kind of weird stat thing that says that when a hall gets past 80% of its capacity, it stops growing. Um, and that happens because what happens is people, new people come in and they don't connect with anybody because they feel like everybody knows everybody already and they kind of walk out again and they go to somewhere else where they feel they can connect into it. And so by actually just kind of alleviating some of the pressure on this room, we've been going at 94% over the last few months, okay? So by alleviating some of the pressure that is on this room every week, it should mean that for us in the church, we'll spot new visitors more easily, but also it means that they've got space, space for their children, space for their buggies, space for getting to know people. Um, we, we've run out of space and we want to see uh, kind of this, this room uh, be able to function again for us. Because we want a place where we can invite our friends. We want a place where we can worship and maybe we can even do some dancing because we don't dance that much. You know, we, want a, we want a place where we can do that as a community. I've got to put pressure on myself now. I'm going to have to start dancing. <laughs> I hate dancing. Everybody knows that. Yeah, Claire will lead the way. Um, Secondly, and of equal importance, is the Riverside. And God has given us a fantastic resource base. He's given it to us. I mean, if you, you know, the backstory for that is, we got that at like an absolute snip, yeah? My, my friends bought a house in Bromley, where we used to live, a three-bedroom terrace house, and it was exactly the same amount of money that we bought the Riverside for. It was a snip. It was an absolute deal. Um, but it's because God's given it to us. We need to realise that. You see, God gave it to us. He gave it to us. This is an amazing resource that we have there. Um, we're already getting emails from people wanting to use it. It's fantastic. But we want to be in that community, influencing that community. Because um, 
as, if you want to do the research, which is what I've done, there's a, a thing called the index of multiple deprivation, and um, that puts the area of South Ashford in the lowest 20% of the UK of most deprived areas. So it's, it's one of the most deprived areas in the UK. And if we believe that the love of Christ works through us into the lives of others, then we want to see the love of Christ touch both poor and rich. And Jesus, you see in the Gospels, his heart is always going to the poor, to the needy. And we believe that as we go into uh, the riverside and we use that as a base for Sunday mornings, we are going to touch that community with the love of Jesus. We're going to be there every Sunday, lifting his name on high. See, we have an opportunity to spread the love of Christ there. Um, just, to, uh, just, to, just to debunk a myth, this isn't a church plant. It's never going to be a church plant. It is always going to be part of Gateway Church Ashford. We're not going to all of a sudden become Gateway Church North School and Gateway Church Riverside. It's not like that. We are Gateway Church Ashford. We're starting a second meeting because we believe that God's uh, stepping us forward as a family. Um, and we want to reach more of Ashford for the gospel. Yeah. Um, so we, are, we will always be one church and we're on a mission together. We don't know what the future holds for us. We hope that at some point we'll be back together in a hall that can accommodate the masses of people that Jesus is going to bring into his kingdom. Um, But at the moment, we're doing this because we believe this is the right and logical and God-given next step for us. So when are we launching? Well, we know that we're launching next Sunday, the 27th of January. Um, Woohoo! Yeah! Yeah. Um, 10 a.m. at the North School here and 10.30 at the Riverside. Um, Around 60 of us are going across uh, with uh, my mum and dad to start that. Um, this is going to provide you with opportunities. Maybe you don't actually serve in any way in the church already. Maybe you've got a gift, but you've not sort of told us about it. Maybe actually you're a secret closet worship leader or preacher. Maybe you, you are actually a really amazing children's worker. We need all of these things, yeah? Because we, we, you know, the, the, we're expanding, so therefore we need more people in ministry. We need more people serving the church. And so this is a chance for you to maybe step into the church, into the life of the church, and maybe look at how you might be able to serve with us. Um, secondly to this, and lastly from me, uh, before I hand over, um, the, the other thing that we've been doing and that we are continuing to do is to expand our leadership team. Um, and that is a huge part of what we believe God's calling us to do um, over the, the course of the next year. This is uh, both as a response to the growth that we've had, um, but also recognition, recognition to, to implement a, a culture of developing leaders within the church. You see, a church will only grow if it's got leaders, um, and, and the more leaders we have, uh, the, more, the more the church will grow in different areas. And we want people in whatever ministry they feel they're called to, to be a leader in that area. Um, so we're in the process of establishing a team. I mean, it's made up of key women and men who have influence over different aspects of the church life. And uh, key, we feel a key at the moment to help us as elders in making decisions um, over what we're doing in the future. You see, we want to be good leaders as elders. And good leaders share responsibility. They don't dictate, they don't abdicate, they share responsibility to grow more leaders. And we want to be good leaders. I've got to stand before Jesus one day, and I know that he's going to judge me based around the fact that I was an elder. And I don't want to stand before him and go, Jesus, I didn't do a very good job because I didn't raise up others. Um, And actually, like, you know, I've got responsibility. My dad has, Richard has, Pete has. And we want to grow leaders in the church because we we know we've we've got that responsibility. Um, Our new leadership is not a fixed group. And it will grow and develop as we move forward together. Um, and we've decided that as a, just to start this off, currently our leadership team are 
Dun, 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 dun. Uh, well, Graham and Sue, Richard and Pam, myself and Claire, Pete and Debbie, Lecky and Kenny, um, Andy and Ashley aren't here this morning. They've just got back from Australia, where they've been for like six weeks. Really lucky. Um, James and Becca, Pete and Fran, Paul and Barbara, Debbie Burgess, John and Rachel Buds, John and Alessi, and Richard and Sarah Evans. I just commend these people to you as fantastic building blocks in our church. Um, if, you're not, if your name's not down there and you think, oh, you know, actually this is something I, you know, that I, I feel kind of cool to. Like, actually, we, as I've said before, this is a, a group of, uh, that we feel will expand and change and develop. Um, but can I just encourage you to support these guys as they support you, to encourage them. Maybe you've got a word of knowledge for them. Maybe you've got something you want to talk to somebody about and one of the elders isn't around. One of these guys will probably be able to kind of put you in the right direction. You know, these people are key influences in our church, and we really believe in them, and so I just commend them to you um, this morning. Um, So that's everything from me, so I'm going to hand over to Richard now, who's going to round it all off before we get back to worship. Thank you. Thank you, and um, I I was just reading this morning in Isaiah um, some some words uh, about Israel, and uh, words are about Israel at the time, but also applicable to the church, Isaiah 49. Listen to me, all you in distant lands, pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth, and from within the womb he called me by name. He made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword, and he has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I'm like a sharp arrow in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, and you will bring me glory. And God says of the church today, you are my servant, and you will bring me glory. God's intention is that we bring him glory in the earth. And I reply, but my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hand, and I will trust God for my reward. And now the Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. And he says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. And they're important words for us as, as God's people, because like Israel of old, we can end up camping where we are, you know, and, and we can get comfortable, and we can miss out on God's greater purpose in that we should be a light to the nations. The church is not an end in itself. It is God's way of reaching the nations for his glory and for his praise. And uh, another familiar scripture that I have not thought about much for a long, long time. And in the the old King James Version, it says this, Psalm 110 and verse 3 says, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Your people shall be willing in the day of your power. And we do believe that this is a day of God's power. We believe that as we have journeyed to this point in time, we have sensed God's presence. We have sensed the unfolding of his purposes. We have sensed his power with us to to get to this point in time and for which we want to declare the faithfulness of God. And we just want to say thank you, Father, for all that you have done. Thank you for every mercy, for every blessing, for every, for every word, for every provision. Thank you for everything that has brought us to this point. But we know this is not the end of the journey. And because you're a faithful God, we can trust ourselves to you as we step forward into the future together. And, and so that's, that's the question for us. Uh, your people shall be willing in the day of your power. We can treat church as something that we come to and just draw from 
or we can treat church as a place where actually we are being equipped. There are times when we, we need healing and we recognize that, that the church is a safe place and should be a safe place for healing and recovery and help and so on. But God doesn't want us to stay there. He wants to equip us. He wants to enable us to go out and go beyond uh, where we are at this moment in time. And so our, as an eldership, our, our prayer for you is that over this coming year, that you, you're strengthened in Christ. You're encouraged in Him. You know the riches of his, his love and His grace, and you know the power of the Holy Spirit. So we want to encourage you to be open to God. Each one of us to be open to God in a new way, for a new season, for His Holy Spirit to move in us and move through us day by day, to, to be in faith that God will use us for His kingdom, uh, and uh, in, in, in family and friendships and and places of work and so on, to, to wait on him. You know, God doesn't just speak to leaders. He speaks to the whole body. We do believe that each one of us can hear from God. And, and God wants to speak to you about your workplace, your, your home, your neighborhood, etc. And uh, so, you know, committing every situation uh, to, to him and trusting that he will use you. you can, we can go around with a small attitude and think, well, I'm just little old me. Uh, but actually, little old me with a big God is a, <laughs> is a, is a big me, isn't it? It's a, you know, we, we can do amazing things in God. And that's the testimony of Scripture. He takes ordinary people, equips them through his love and power to do extraordinary things. And he wants to do that through each and every one of us. Maybe that... Uh, first and foremost, you don't even know Jesus this morning. You, you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. You've never come to a personal faith in Christ and you've heard some of the stories here about God, how God works in people's lives. And So the first thing we want to commend to you is, is our Savior because he wants to save you too. He wants to forgive you. He wants to come into your life. He wants to clean you up. He, he wants to give you a new life and a new purpose and to, to call you onto the team so that you're part and parcel of the team because we believe that, that, that church is a team. It's, it's not about individuals. It's about us uh, being together as the family of God and, and as the people of God serving his purpose. It may be that you, you've never been baptized. You've, you've come to faith, but you've never been baptized. Well, we're planning a baptism in the not-too-distant future. So if you have come to Christ and you've never yet been baptized, let, let, let us know. Speak to Pete or Barney, Graham or myself, your, your house group leader, your community group leader, and, and uh, pass the message on and we'll, we'll put you down. Um, but that, that's important. It could be that you, you know, just committing to, to reading the Bible regularly, something that perhaps maybe you've, you've not done and, and, and you just need, I mean, we just heard again testimony this morning about the power of the Word of God and, and getting into it. Meeting to pray with others as prayer groups growing at, going at the moment. There will be more on that as we go on the journey together. Praying with different church members and making ourselves accountable with one another. So, you could join a community group. You can become a member. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while, but you've never actually committed. And, and there's the invitation this morning to, to come and join the, the community. Be, be part of that committed group of people who say yes to God and yes to what he's doing in and through Gateway Church. It could be serving in some particular way. And uh, as, we, as we move into two meetings, it creates gaps elsewhere. And, you know, we, we, we're challenging working on those things and making sure those gaps are filled because God wants to bring more people in. So there are gaps and uh, there's different ways that you could serve. It could be with youth. It could be with children. It could be helping out practically here on a Sunday morning. You know, we, we don't exhort one thing over another. We, you know... When you, when you watch programs on TV sometimes, or you watch a big show and you can look at everything that's going on on the stage, you know, you think of Andre Rue. I love Andre Rue. 
And I, I just loved that. Have you ever watched the program about how they put all that together? The weeks it takes just setting it up and, and so that it can all be done. You know, and, and that's us as a church. Everybody is important. doesn't matter what we're doing. Everyone is a 10 as far as importance goes in every aspect of church life. And so there's a whole load of areas that you can get involved in practically. And of course, another way is just by being able to give. The church can't run without finance, can it? And it's important that we give. Uh, God calls us to give out of what he gives to us. We are simply stewards of his, his gracious giving to us. And, and so we can give. And uh, so there's a whole load of ways that God can use you and God can use me. And, and let's, let's be open to new ways of God just taking us forward in this coming year. You know, putting our hand to the plow and doing different things. So as a bit of, if I can invite the band to come up, Debbie and Anna and team, if you can come up to the front. And uh, we're going to come and respond back to God in worship. And it might be as we do that, you just, want to, you just want to say yes to God in some area. Maybe you just want to say, yeah, I need to make that moment of commitment before I go out of this, the building this morning. And as we do that together, we're going to, to break bread together. So if those who are going to serve in breaking of bread this morning would like to come and join us up the front, that would be great if you could come forward now. Thank you. And uh, join us at the table. And because this is the table of fellowship. This is the table that unites us as a family of God because we're found together in Jesus. People from different walks of life, different stratas of society, different cultural, national backgrounds, we find ourselves one in Jesus and together on a mission. And that's great, isn't it? So I'm going to invite you to stand as we worship together. And as we, we break bread together and uh, just recognizing God's great heart for us as we do so.